Listening Dog Media. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Lindsay Hooper and doesn't it feel like the World Cup is now well underway? We've seen some close games with France, Sweden and the Netherlands all kicking off their World Cup campaigns today. Joining me to take in the latest day of action is Helen Hardy, who's over in Brisbane. Hello to you, Helen. Hey, good evening. How are you doing? Very well, probably more awake than you are. Uh, and back with us again, it's international journeywoman and former lioness, Tash Dowie. Hello, Tash. Hey, Lindsay. <laughs> right, we had our first glimpses then of France, Sweden and Netherlands. Um, what do you think, Tash? Has your opinion on any of these teams changed from what you've seen? Not overly impressed with the first performances, but that seems to be the case for a lot of the top nations. And I think that there's no point in getting too carried away. It's first game, you know, and you can even see that in the England game. But with all the games today, yeah, not impressed. I've actually been more impressed with the, the lesser nations, actually the smaller nations. They're the ones that have actually really excited me. But it's tournament football. So we know that the group stages, game by game, you know, these performances, individual performances, team performances will start to improve. And the most important thing is the three points. Helen, what's really interesting from you, because you're at eyes on the ground, is that you've got to see in the stadiums, the attendances, you can bring all of that to life for us. And I think Tash is right when she says that a lot of the, the smaller nations have been impressing and you get that impression on TV as well. But I, I heard you talking about how sometimes we can't get the true gist of what's going on in those stadiums. But match attendances, I take it, have been pretty good overall. Yeah, and first, obviously, last night... Um, we chatted about the England game and, and inside the stadium. And I had a fair few responses today. You obviously have a lot of listeners, Lindsay. <laughs> so a few people saying, I was in the stadium and I didn't experience that. And I think it was funny because um, at the same time, the person I'm traveling around with was doing another podcast being like, 
there was England fans everywhere and I could just hear England fans. I was like, I must have been in the Australian end or something. Um, but yeah, I think the attendances have been incredible, really, when you put it in perspective. Um, I was at the France game at the Euros last year in, in Sheffield, um, 12, 13,000. It was a really decent showing for, for that fixture. But Jamaica-France game, 39,000 people. And I mean, we've seen wow. that across the tournament so far. Um, and we were in the fan park in Brisbane today. Um, and there's, there's sort of five-a-side football games happening with young kids. Um, there's loads going on. We got a photo with um, the famous mascot of the World Cup, who's been hysterical, by the way, dancing pitch side pretty much throughout the game. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, it's really, really lively over here. And it feels like the whole nation is kind of coming together to, to support and watch and get involved, which has been pretty incredible. And you've been getting some updates as well from some supporters who've been watching, taking it all in. Yeah, Deborah Nelson, who's a massive Jamaica fan and and um, obviously works a lot in the women's football space. Uh, she voice noted before just about her experience of the Jamaica game as a Jamaica fan and how incredible it felt to be inside that stadium in in that space. Um, I think she's she's happy for us to share that. It's Deborah Nelson here. What an incredible game. I can't believe it. As a Jamaica fan sitting in that stadium, watching the girls battle from the first minute all the way till the end was incredible. They've made the whole nation proud. I had tears in my eyes on multiple occasions. My heart was in my chest for the whole game. And the girls did us so proud. Seeing them all celebrate with Blackwood at the end after she got player of the match, it was an emotional day man i can't believe it they did it they held off france for the whole game what an incredible start to their world cup campaign let's get it (laughs) we love to hear that passion that is fantastic and we will hold that thought because i want both of your analysis on that match later but you could hear just what it meant to deborah and all those jamaica fans to be able to hold uh, france out for that nil nil scoreline um ones to watch our predictions game i'm just going to give a quick update here. Helen will be subbing in for Kate later, but the scores so far, we're picking out ones to watch for the next day of action. Um, Kate's on zero points, so Helen, she's going to be relying on you to do something today, (laughs) please. Um, (laughs) I've got two points. Um, The pundits are on three points, so that's you, Tash, and Jade Moore so far, so well done to you. I think that was your Bomati. Pick, it was. Actually, Come on, Jade. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the producers who are just shaming us all, which at the moment is just Sophie, although Callum is producing today. He'll be depping in. Um, the producers are on seven points. So, yeah, we need to really work hard. And if you're listening along now and you're picking out your one to watch for tomorrow, we want to hear about it. So on the eve of every match day, you can use the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle at OffsideRulePod. Please make sure that you rate, follow and subscribe too wherever you get your podcast whilst you're there. That's your daily reminder. It does help other people find the show. Uh, right, let's dive in to the detail on the last match of the day, France against Jamaica. A much tighter game than we expected, with France finding it difficult to find a way through the Jamaican defence, as well as the bar and the post getting in their way. Uh, A red card for Jamaica and Manchester City's Bunny Shaw means that she will now miss their next game against Panama. And Tash, that's where I want to start with Bunny Shaw, because just everything she did in this match up until the red card had such an impact. She was holding the ball up, playing it off. She was such a good outlet for Jamaica, and she's going to be a huge miss for the next match. 
It was really sad ending to the game, to be honest, because when the final whistle blew and you could see all the Jamaica players celebrating it together, and I actually felt a bit flat because, you know, for me, she was probably the player of the match. You know, similar kind of performance to Hannah Wilkinson for New Zealand, led that front line. The France defence couldn't live with her, her hold-up play, the way that she was running in behind. She was a constant threat throughout the whole game. And, you know, the adrenaline running, I, I was disappointed with her decision-making to go in for that tackle. It's so needless. You're the captain of the team. You're the best player in the team. If Jamaica want to progress out of the group, they need Bunny Shaw on the pitch. So for her, with a couple of minutes to go, to just needlessly throw herself in, no matter how much adrenaline she's got she needs to use her head a little bit better there and that's devastating for Jamaica it really is but on the flip side I'm glad they could hold out and get that really important point hopefully then they can pick up some points next game and then she'll be back again which is going to be key for them yeah the first ever point at a World Cup for Jamaica I think holding on for that Helen in the end was so important for them knowing that Bunny Shaw will be missing for the next one but what do we say about France I think Kenza Dali came on as a substitute that raised a lot of eyebrows because when she came on she was fantastic why isn't she starting do you think? It's a funny one with Kenza Dali because she's had such an excellent season in the WSL and, and, and she's kind of the first name on everyone's lips when it comes to Villa. So it's a really strange one that she's not often considered within the France squad, especially over the last year in the run-up to this tournament. Um, Lindsay, your guess is as good as mine as to, as to why she's not the sort one of the first names on the team sheet because she's been a real force within her current team, within a domestic team, and, and she can bring that on the world stage. And I think that she would have made the difference but saying all that, it's France versus Jamaica. The expectation, regardless of who's on the pitch from the France perspective, would have been a win for France. And um, you, you spoke about it before that they were favourite. They're one of the favourites of the tournament. I've heard a few people saying, you know, who do you reckon is going to win this tournament? And, and France has been has been their pick after tonight's performance. Um, or this morning's performance as it would have been for you guys. I'm I'm not so sure about that. I I didn't see I didn't see a France team that could really compete at the highest level and if you compare for instance another fixture we're going to touch on the Netherlands I really saw that quality in the Netherlands that that even though they, they only just sort of scraped by that we didn't really see from this France side saying that Diani was so unlucky in the dying embers there it's the underside of the bar they did have a couple of clear-cut chances just didn't quite finish it off but against this Jamaica side they really should have been netting three points yeah, you say a few clear-cut chances. France had 14 shots, five on target, Tash. But also amongst that was 72% possession. Diani rightly mentioned, because there were a couple of headers for her, not only the one that hit the underside of the crossbar and then the post, that felt unlucky, but she had a big opportunity in the first half as well. Yeah, I think France really missed Katoto. I think that pivot that key number nine who's just so ruthless in the box I think Diani's more effective out wide definitely down that right hand flank and you could tell that today you know she's still used to playing in that number nine role it's a new role for her and I think less on there you know what you get for her but she's more of a number 10 drops in a clever player so I just think in and around the box they're really missing that big like a bunny shore a big number nine to put the ball in the back of the net but she was unlucky she had a couple of chances but I do think if those chances fell to Kototo it would have been a different game so this is something that I think France need to address but I think you're definitely right when Dali came on she she creates a lot more her set pieces were superb and she needs to start next game for me. 
Helen, and for Jamaica, we've got to talk about them defensively. They were so resolute and they were following every marked run. Wendy Renard is such a presence to have in a box for any set pieces, but they managed to keep her quiet. Yeah, and I think that credit to them and also to the to the players in front of them. I thought Drew Spence was fantastic, really rate her as a player as well. And and their covering and their their sort of resilience as a group to to move together and defend together was was fantastic. And I thought Blackwood as well really stood out for me as as a player that was um, trying to push forward, push the team forward and create opportunities when they came, but also cover that back line really, really well and tuck inside and and yeah, Renard, I think there was one point where, you know, I turned to the t- to the group that I was with and I was like, this has got goal written all over it. It was like Renard was in that focus mode. It was a corner, another set piece, which by the way, how many free kicks in the today's game? My goodness. It was really played into Jamaica's hands though, the amount of free kicks, because I think they were looking for it. I think they were wanting it. So it happened on both sides, but... The amount of set pieces, Renard would have been licking her lips. She was, she, she would have wanted them, an opportunity for her to get in the box, an opportunity for her to put her head on it. But Jamaica were just so tight, resilient, and, and the midfielders really sort of sat back and supported them throughout. We've heard what it means to Jamaica, but what will France fans have made of that opener? Football journalist Vincent Roussel joins us. Vincent, what do you think the reaction is going to be to that? Obviously, there's going to be a lot of disappointment from the French fans. They expected a lot from this first game. They expected a win, obviously, for uh, against a, a team that is way below French team in the FIFA classment. And the the way the team played and the way the match went is also a source of disappointment, I think, for the fan. And everybody here is a little bit... I, I, I'm going to say it again because it's the case. Disappointed, disappointed tonight. Mm. The unrest and the players missing from this tournament, do you think that's played into the, the way that they've started? Yeah, obviously, we've been talking a lot in France about the changes that the coach had to make uh, in his beginning team. He had to start as a 4-4-2. He tried at the beginning of his mandate to come and the 4-3-3 and he had to do a lot of change with Basha out and now De Almeida out. We see that Cascarino had a very, very bad entrance in the game and that the French team was a little bit uh, disoriented. They didn't know how to combine in uh, the offensive side. Gianni and Le Sommer, they didn't know how to play with those both attacking field uh, in the front of the game. and. Obviously, they had too much changes, so the team didn't work well. There were quite a few chances. I'm thinking of the headers that Diani had. And do you think if Katoto was on the end of those, that one of those might have gone in? Of course, uh, the, the header game of Katoto is way better than Diani's. Diani had a few chances, future chances, sorry, uh, and uh, header before uh, on the game, and she didn't uh, try to 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 score and. She had a lot of uh, difficulties to just uh, try and have the Spencer uh, working tonight. I think with Katoto, with Delphine Cascarino, it would have been obviously a completely different game. And those two missing partners uh, for the French team are a very, very, very bad news for the French team in this World Cup. And we are hoping that the team is going to adapt and they are going to get better game after game. 
From a journalist's point of view, are you going to be applying a bit of pressure now for Kenzie Darley to, to have a starting place? We were talking about how well she did when she came on and her deliveries are so accurate. I believe that Clara Matteo, who was replacing uh, Kenza Darley in the first uh, starting eleven, had a very good first half comparing to the rest of the team. She was uh, very pr precise with the ball, she had the good intentions, but we see that when Dali entered, she, she gained a lot of uh, confidence and attacking uh, position to the team. So Hervé Renard in the press conference of, uh, after the game said that she had a very good entrance and I think he's going to take back for 4-4-3 and, uh, and he's, he's going to get back to a 4-4-3 on the next game and maybe Dali has more chance to, to begin with his formation. And just before we let you go, Vincent, because you're there um, and you'll have soaked up that atmosphere in the stadium, were you surprised at how many fans turned out? I'm not surprised because I've been to the first game of Australia, so there was a lot of fans and a lot of ambience. I was surprised uh, on the opposite by the number of Jamaica fans that were here because uh, I thought maybe the crowd would be more uh, for the French team. And uh, obviously at the end of the game, when Jamaica had a corner, the whole stadium was uh, cheering for the Jamaican team to score. So I was surprised by the number of Jamaican people uh, who, were, who were here, Jamaican supporters at least, who were there tonight. Well, thank you so much for your time and your take on that performance. We hope to hear from you again. Yeah, you're welcome. And I hope we're going to hear some uh, better news the next time. And next up, a dramatic end as Sweden and South Africa began their campaigns. This is Jade Moore. Join us for the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. We had to get to the fourth day of the tournament before we got a game where both teams scored. That seems incredible. But thankfully, it did happen in the Sweden and South Africa match. A dramatic end to the match with a last-minute winner from Sweden's Amanda Illestet. Frida Fagelund joins me now from Wellington. Frida, great to have you with us. What do you make of that match, Sweden against South Africa? I mean, for them to come from behind shows character, but I think it will also have raised some other questions. Yeah, mixed feelings to to say the least. Um, obviously, they they managed to win in the end, which is the most important thing. But they didn't play very well. They struggled in the final third. They were sloppy in possession. While South Africa were very well organised, they executed the game plan brilliantly. And obviously, they they scored a goal and were quite unfortunate to to concede twice. So. Yeah, not the best performance from Sweden, but I guess the main thing is that they got the three points and hopefully they can improve from here. We've seen quite a few of the favourites stumbling a little bit in their first match and it happens in major tournaments. We've seen it quite a few times before where you just get the victory, but maybe the performance isn't as convincing. From your point of view, do you think there's going to be much change going into the next match because of that? Or a little bit more like England, we expect that Serena Wiegmann will continue and want to build those relationships. Is it the same sort of vibe that you're getting? Well, I guess on one hand, the smaller teams are improving massively. We've seen that over the, the couple of you know recent years. So I think that's one reason why... Sweden tend to, you know, struggle against this type of, of opponent. But 
I don't know. There's something. Uh, there's something about Sweden when when they play smaller teams. They aren't as good at being in control of the possession um, as when they're playing. You know, the bigger teams when they can sort of um, play to their, their strengths and have a game plan that works very well and shuts down the opponent. Um, Petr Jarlsson, the, the national coach, he talked in his press conference about how uh, one of Sweden's best qualities is transitions and they weren't able to use that today against South Africa. But, I mean, obviously you're not going to be able to <laughs> to have a lot of transitions against a team like South Africa but because they're going to they're going to stay pretty deep. So I guess what he's saying is that they tend to be better against the bigger teams. Um, in regards to the starting 11 and the teams that he, he fielded today, um, I guess this is the team that he is going to going to field. Um, Fridolina Rolfo is struggling a bit with injuries, so I'm not sure if she's going to be able to play as much as she wants to but yeah um I, th- I think I also think Natalie Bjorn who who played at right back today maybe she could potentially play at center back instead because it feels like we we really need someone with with good feet um at the center back uh, right now I'm a bit I'm a bit worried about the uh the uh defense I, I have to say you seem to have all the same concerns that we do with England at the moment, um, it sounds like. Let's talk about South Africa. I think we have to give them some credit. What was it that surprised you the most about the way that they managed to, to perform over the 90 minutes? Well, mainly that they, they executed the game plan very well. And also that, yeah, I mean, they stayed deep, but not all the time. They really chose when they attacked and when they... Yeah, they were sort of waiting for Sweden to make mistakes in possession. And I thought that they did that very well. And obviously, yeah, they, they, they scored a goal. And to score the first goal is, is very important. Um, although I think the goals they, they concede are not very, very good. They could have done more to prevent them. Uh, I think that the goalkeeper, she didn't do as well as she, she should have done, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with South Africa and the national coach were, were very impressed with the, her players too. Frida, thank you very much for joining us and we will have you on again. So enjoy the rest of your trip in Wellington. Thank you very much. Thanks to football journalist Frida Fagland in Wellington. Tash, I want to bring you in because you thought that South Africa deserved more from this one. Oh, it was heartbreak. It really was. I'm really good friends with their captain, Rafioli Jane. I played with her at AC Milan and such a lovely girl. And to see her captaining the team today and Kota Rizalani, who I played with also in Sweden. So that was a really nice moment for myself to see two good friends of mine captaining their countries in a World Cup. And South Africa deserved it. They really did. You know, they played some good football today. They were so solid. They were resolute. But they didn't just defend. They also really had a go. And yes, as the game went on, Sweden were piling on the pressure. The substitutions brought new energy, which probably South Africa don't have depth-wise. But I think it was just heartbreak. It really was. I don't think they deserved that at all. But the best teams, the best nations always seem to find a way. And that's what Sweden did today. Well, Frida remains in Wellington for Sweden's next match against Italy on Saturday and South Africa face Argentina on Friday. 
The final game to mention is the Netherlands 1-0 win over Portugal. A Stephanie van der Graat goal was the difference at the Dunedin Stadium in what was a fairly easy win for the Dutch. I say fairly easy just because they, they dominated most of the aerial power. They certainly had a lot of the ball in this one. And you were mentioning this earlier, Helen. It was only 1-0 though. So what more could they have done? Yeah, I think, you know, special mention to Birenstein, who is an incredible player. I mean, it was so enjoyable watching her. I think that she's really comfortable out on that right-hand side, sort of moving in and out of that striker, right-wing role. And there were so many opportunities that she had to put the ball in the back of the net. It just didn't feel like it was quite happening for the Netherlands. And, and, and I think it's almost worth noting as well that Portugal are a really decent side. We saw that during the Euros last, last year. They're really resilient. They're a really difficult side to break down. And Netherlands broke them down multiple times it was like Netherlands of old suddenly I'm scared again I don't want to meet the Netherlands as an England fan in this <laughs> tournament whereas I was thinking last year I'm quite excited to meet Netherlands after we played them in a friendly before going into the Euros so yeah it was a it was it was just one of those things where you know a couple of 1v1s a couple of balls into the box where it just went wide and you just think this is the first game of the tournament um, and, and I think that's what it comes down to first game of the tournament just getting into it but the Netherlands at full speed could be quite terrifying it will be interesting to get Tash's take on the Netherlands as well, although I do want to pile in on Portugal. Um, they are World Cup debutantes. They were the ones, Tash, that I was looking out for the most. I just felt that Portugal, I don't know, they're slightly dark horses for me. But I have to say, when I look at their attacking play in this match, they hardly went in the, in the Dutch area. There was hardly any balls, any touches in the Netherlands box. Um, what, what did you think of them first? So disappointed with Portugal today. I think um, I think I mentioned to you on a, a pod not long ago that I've been speaking to the Benfica president um, and we're quite good friends now and I was saying who's the players to look out for and we obviously know Jessica Silva is, is their star player and Nazareth, she's also known as Kika, who came on in the second half. I think she made a big difference. But for me, they just... They didn't turn up today. They really didn't. I don't know whether they got overwhelmed by the occasion, but really, except for Jessica Silva, that's the only threat they had. And one player can't win you games. And I think they relied too heavily on her today. And a lot of times she looked a real frustrated figure. So I think they can definitely produce better than what they showed today. So they're definitely still a team to watch out for. However, the Netherlands, for me, did excite me a lot. I think Van der Donk was everywhere today, you know, covering ground in defence and in midfield and up front. And I also really like the look of Shreda Spitzer, who I played with in Valerenga in Norway. She's normally their midfield player, but she actually was in a back three today to the right-hand side. And I quite like that change of formation. I think it, you know, she's a ball player anyway. And with the amount of midfield players that the Netherlands have, you know, she probably wouldn't get into that midfield now. But because of her experience, it's nice to still see her fitting into that team and they have such youth as well with Esme Brutz who was at PSV she's the left wing back she's been linked to Man United and to City so it's an exciting team uh, with the Netherlands I do still feel like they obviously miss Miedemar that clever player that striker that's just you know gets half a chance and she'll put it in the back of the net however I think they've got enough as well to progress really far in this tournament. And this set-piece threat that they have, how would you, if you were the opposition facing them next, what, what would you do to try and stop them? Because they seem to just be aerially dominant, don't they? 
Yeah, I think first of all, whenever I've played against teams where you know, for instance, this season when we're going up against Chelsea and you've got a Sam Kerr who's the best header in the women's game, first of all, don't give away cheap set pieces. You know, whether it's, you know, kicking it out for a corner, can we get a throw in instead? Needless fouls, just hold your ground, don't dive in, you know really try and limit them as, as, as little as possible. And sometimes that's easier said than done, but I think that would be my key message. Look, we know that this team play for set pieces with Shreda Spitzer's delivery and Van der Grant's aerial dominance. Let's not give away set pieces. Simple as that. <laughs> Well, do let us know your thoughts on the games that we've covered today as well. Any of our discussions, you can use the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle at OffsideRulePod. Uh, whilst you're there as well, you could rate, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. Now it's time to look ahead to Monday with our One to Watch prediction game. If you haven't started playing yet, here's producer Sophie to explain how it works. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports Ones to Watch, the game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player and let's get started. You'll get two points for a goal, it's one point for an assist and one point for a clean sheet if you're a defender. And if you pick a goalkeeper, it's two points for a clean sheet and three points for a penalty save. Oh, and minus one for a red card. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament. There'll be a pundits team, a producers team and, of course, a listeners team. So keep your scores at home and let us know how you're getting on. Let's play. Remember also we're adding a minus one for an own goal to the point system. On Monday, Italy face Copper America Feminina semi-finalist Argentina. Two-time world champions Germany face Morocco and Brazil take on Panama. So we'll get our ones to watch. So this is just picking out a player that we think might accrue some points. Let's start with Tash this time. So I'm going to go for a Brazilian player, centre forward for them, Gaisi. She plays for Barcelona, 25 years old, has actually been linked to the WSL, but she's a star player for them. And they've obviously got Panama. So again, predicting a lot of possession, a lot of chances for her. And she's a clinical centre forward. So Gaisi for me. Okay, thank you. Um, Helen? I'm so glad. I was worried you were going to go first and then say the player that I was going to say and I was going to look like I was copying you. So I'm hoping I can get some points for Kate here. It's got to be Alex Pop. Like one of the... Oh, one, I'm doing Alex yeah. Pop. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> she was my second one. Oh, Lindsay's <laughs> copying me. Here we go. No, no, no. So I have tipped Helen Alexandra Pop to get the golden boot this tournament. So if I didn't go for her, I think I'd look really, really shabby, to be honest. So I've got to go for Alexandra Pop as well. We'll put those both down. So Kate and I have got joined up thinking, uh, courtesy of you with this one. But yeah, you'd think that she'd get off to a good start. Although I do wonder with a player like Pop Tash, and you tell me about the mentality of this of the striker because of this story of her with major tournaments she's either going to fly or she's she's not going to at all that's how I feel about it she's going to fly <laughs> <And> she, <laughs> me, 
Yeah, she is. For me, I think the Euros finals might have been a different result had she been fit. You know, she was a star player in the Euros. She's a big player. And strikers are strikers. They love to score goals. That's what we live and breathe for. First of all, to score goals. Secondly, to win games. So she'll be definitely a key player for them. And yeah, she's going to fly this tournament. Oh, well, hopefully we can play catch up then, Kate and I, in this game. Um, Callum, for the producers, has chosen Brazil's Dabinha. Um, another good opportunity for goals against Panama. I think I think those are the two games because Germany faced Morocco and Brazil faced Panama. Although we have seen that the lesser nations have produced the goods, so who knows? Um, join us on Monday to see if anyone can overtake the producers' team. Uh, thank you very much to Helen Hardy, all the way from Brisbane. Thanks so much for having me again. It's great to have you on, along with Tash Dowie. See you soon. Uh, don't forget as well that you can rate, follow and subscribe and share your thoughts with us on OffsideWC. That's the hashtag and at OffsideRulePod. Keep going there. Keep us up to speed with your World Cup experience. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.